This is the Westlake Nation Podcast. Powered by the Westlake Shot Club. At the 20, 10, 5, touchdown! And he is into the end zone. Oh man, what a catch here! Touchdown, Westlake! And brought to you by... Austin Face and Body, Independence Title, Appliances Now, St. David's South Austin Medical Center, Hat Creek Burger Company, Hobart Auto Group, Harway Appliances, Restore Hyper Wellness. And now, here's the latest episode of Three and Out with Tony Salazar. Well, Coach, I think this is uh, goal two, practice on Thanksgiving. And and it's always been an interesting conversation over the course of the years when you talk about just how special it is. It is special to have this game on this week to be a goal for the program because you understand how special it is to get to that third round. Westlake is used to it, but I know that the, the, your message is, hey, this doesn't happen very often. Yes, this is nine years in a row for us. How do you remind the kids of that year in and year out? Well, you know, I mean, we do it in the spring. You know, we do it in the summer. We do it in fall camp. It's, it's a message they hear, you know, constantly throughout um, their time here in our program. It's not just wait till, you know, October and start talking about all of a sudden, hey, we want to practice in November. It's it's understood. It's understood from our lower levels, our freshmen. They start hearing it once, once they first come in our program so that uh, they understand what the, what the roadmap is and what our goals are, what we're working towards every single year. And it's to be at this week, to have a week that's totally dedicated to football. There's no school. There's no distraction from school. Making the most of the time we have together. You know, this week always brings out a bunch of alumni in our program. They come back and they're in town to see parents for Thanksgiving, and one of their first stops is to this field house and the practice fields to watch the new chaparrales and to see the guys that are carrying on the legacy those guys started. And so all those things lead to us very, very special week. Uh, but ultimately, we got to keep them grounded and, and understand that as fun as it is to prepare this week and to and to be able to be practicing football, we, we still want to win this game. And we still got to do the preparation we've taken all the previous weeks leading up to this one uh, to make sure that we got ourselves in a great spot uh, where we're ready to, to perform in all three phases. And I think also you look at this week as a special week when you have those alumni come back and you get to point and say, see this guy over here? You almost have that the, the ghost of a team's past, which was put to me in a unique way by one of the Shap of the Weeks. In fact, it's come up several times. We grew up watching those teams. You know, here we are five years removed from the 2019 team. These kids are the ones that were looking up. They went to AT&T Stadium. They got to see what a championship season looks like. And I think that hunger is, is there in this week of practice. And you can definitely tell in the energy here in the Turkey Bowl today. It's been a tremendous week of practice, and uh, we actually had a kind of an extra day in there to, to prep that we didn't have, uh, you know, last week because playing on Saturday this week. And so I would say we kind of tippy-toed into the week on Monday, just made sure that uh, our Tuesday practice and our Wednesday practice, our two physical practices with full pads were, were on point, and, and I think it – it did just that. Our last two days of practice have been good physical workouts. We've had an opportunity within those workouts, too, to get some reps to our younger players that have been brought up. They're here for a reason. They're here, obviously, to give our varsity the best look they can as the tag team players. But secondly, we want to make sure we're still continuing to develop those young men and have them give them reps to do that. And then obviously, today was a turkey bowl. It was a great opportunity for our young players to go out there and play. And some of our seniors that maybe hadn't played in a while. And it's always a fun competition when family gets out there and competes. You know, it's just playing good old, you know, hard-nosed fashion football. and Get guys hooping and hollering, cheering on one another, and and you're looking to see somebody, a new face, make a play, or maybe an old face make a play, and we saw both those today. I like it when you see the the camaraderie that that generates, because I think what's missing in this is these are kids, man. They're having a great, great time, and when it's all football, you know, 
the experience of camp, obviously when there's no school going on, it's the anticipation of school starting. It's yep. the an- anticipation of the first game. Like you were talking about a couple of weeks ago, okay, you get to the first game and then you get to the first district game and then you look at the big district games and then, okay, here's playoffs. This week kind of slows everything down and, and reminds everybody where you're at in the year. I think that's a big, big part of, of why this week is so special. I think it is. I think everybody realizes that uh, we can take a deep breath for a second and look back and see how far we've come. Playing on the field with our execution and, and then obviously how far we've come as, as young men, you know, just growing up and, and being mature, being great teammates, uh, outstanding leaders here at our school and for our community. And we have all those things that have, you know, grown throughout this season. So, yeah, we get a small chance, take a look back, say, look how far we've come and take a look around and see what's ahead of us and, and realize that we're one of 16 teams left in this great championship bracket that we're in. And if we take care of our business, we can be one of eight, you know, and, and things start to get a little more defined and getting bigger and bigger and bigger week after week. I think also when you look back at the Reagan game, there's a lot of things that you can learn about your team. First, how to start a game and then how to battle through when the other team responds. You know, this is a, a different scenario generally when you have that goal of, or game day expectation of kill the will. Well, Reagan wasn't interested in that. And I think that is something that was, as you look back on that game, you kind of have to go, okay, maybe it's a tale of two halves, but when Reagan responded, Westlake responded. And I think that's really the story of the second half. As much as there was still will in the Rattlers, Westlake was able to respond when, when put in that situation. That's what happens when you have seniors with their backs against the wall. You know, and they had a, a team full of seniors over there that being down 31 to seven at halftime, they're quickly looking at the end of their season and they got, got one thing left to do and that's to kind of fight their way out of a corner. And we knew they were going to give us their best shot. They came out the third quarter and gave us a heck of a run. We had some big time answers there. Uh, we didn't answer them blow for blow because they ended up scoring more points than us in the second half. But uh, we scored uh, and managed to respond in, in two big times with a big turnover uh, to kind of kill some of the momentum. And then obviously our offense kind of finishing off some fourth downs and third and shorts, kind of keep the clock roll and keep their their offense off the field but overall i mean it was a tremendous game it was a tremendous fight you know we were there were some tired boys there was a good physical matchup uh they had tremendous talent on both sides of the ball um, you know they were 11-0 going that game for a reason they were averaging 46 points going that game for a reason they were only giving up 12 points a game for a reason uh so you know that was by far the best san antonio team we've played uh probably in, in many years i would say in the third or fourth round of a second round or fourth round of a of Texas high school playoffs. So uh, hats off to them. They did a tremendous job. Good football team. But yeah, we found the, the the fight back in our kids and we found the resolve and it wasn't always pretty in the second half, but luckily we took care of business the first half to create that lead that, uh, you know, we held on to. The offensive line, the defensive line, obviously those are the, the key components in the performance last Friday. But let me brag on your linebacker because Elliot Chopper made sure that Reagan knew he was going to be pretty much in every play. As the team's leading tackler, it's kind of easy to point him out. He's the one that's that's involved. But it's also the play of Wyatt Williams and, and really Judson Crockett and those guys on the back end that kind of allow him to be him. And really, when you look at Elliott's skill set, you know, he doesn't look like a tr- traditional linebacker. He's got a little bit more speed, a little bit more length than most guys. What have you seen from him just in the in the guy that's right in the middle of your defense and how he has gotten better from game one to game 12? You know, just his control of the game. You know, he never gets too amped up. You know, we got tempo teams sometimes. They, they get a first down and they're running another play as fast as they can run it. And you never see the, the game moving too fast for him. That That's a sign of his preparation during the week. I mean... He spends, you know, probably the most time, I would say, with our Mike linebacker and our free safety. Those two guys have to pair more than everybody else in our defense, a lot like our quarterbacks on offense. And uh, he's continually, obviously, watching film and learning with Coach Jones. He understands game plan through and through. And if somebody else doesn't, he knows the answer. And so to have somebody like that to run the show on defense, be productive, you know, it's one thing to get everybody lined up, but you still got to make plays and do your own job. And he obviously does that more times than not. 
Uh, for that reason, our whole defense obviously looks to him to be our leader. You know, he's a physical presence. Like you said, he also has a skill set that has allows him to play some speed. We enjoy putting him in the middle of things, you know, bringing him blitzes for the run game, you know, trying to get a, a shot in the quarterback with the pressure. He's talented and athletic enough to play in space and play coverage. We need him to play coverage at times. And so there's no doubt he's the bell cow of our defense this year. Uh, it all starts with him. He's just been our most productive defensive player multiple times throughout this year. And, and uh, I, I see him continue to grow and develop. And obviously he's going to be a heck of a football player for somebody down the road. It's easy to talk about Jack Kaiser and the performance that he turned in. But when you get a guy back, Brody Wilhelm been sidelined, had had the injury, battled back, rehabbed, took care of himself. And I think that's a message that I think everybody who has that injury bug at some point or whether they're banged up and not 100 percent. You just go over and you say, okay, look at what Brody Wilhelm is doing and then watch him get back in the game. Is he at 100 percent? Probably not. But the mantra stays the same. Make plays. The connection between Wise and Wilhelm is very much evident as far as the mismatches that you have going into football games. Yeah, I mean, obviously those two guys have been productive uh, all throughout the season here, uh, especially the latter half of our regular season. Those two guys have found a good connection. And obviously big-time throws and catches when those two guys are throwing and catching the football. A lot of them are big downs in the game, big third downs, you know, or opportunities. We have a chance to take a shot on an early down. We've got to hit those things. So they put us behind the chains if we don't. So Brody just suffered that injury and just kind of put his head down and went to work and found his way on the football field as fast as he could. And we couldn't ask him to really do anything more than what he did. And he went out there, laid on the line for his teammates and made some big-time plays in the game. And we've got, you know, several of those stories in our in our field house right now. It's it, it's the same old adage we talk about every single year. You know, unhealthy football team is going to win this game. Unhealthy football team is going to win a state championship. Be comfortable being uncomfortable because that's what we're at right now, coaches included. You know, you take away sleep from some of these coaches and, and it makes you a little bit, uh, you know, not as uh, consistent as you would be with, with a good night's sleep. But that's surprised when you have 12 games to break down, you know, of an opponent all, all season long, it, it, it can't happen in an hour or two. It takes multiple hours. It takes commitment. Coach Jones is going home late at night and calling me at 11, 12 o'clock at night. And we, we've been at the field house since 11 that morning. It's it's 12 hours, 13 hours a day talking and thinking about this game and trying to make sure that our kids obviously are in the best position possible to for them to be successful because that's what we're in it for is to see the smiles on their face and to see those guys compete and go out there and represent this school and, and this football team. And it gets all throughout. You go through our offense staff, they're doing the same things. You go to our special teams coordinator, Coach Dunham, he's doing the same thing. We're all in, you know, at this point in time. There's no more, let's go home and think about it. Now we got to get an answer because the answer is we got to be result-oriented like we ask our kids to be as coaches. And uh, our coaches are answering the bell. I'm so very proud of them. Our kids see that. They see the work ethic, the dedication our coaches put in and part of them just like not want to let their teammates down they don't want to let their coaches down i think that's a healthy culture that we have within our field house of, of everybody knowing what's at stake and everybody knowing it's going to take work on to the longhorns laredo united uh, led by david sanchez a legend not just in south texas but in the valley specifically he is the winningest hispanic coach in high school football history in the state of texas so a lot of history a lot of wins 232 of them in a career that has been spanned 31 years it's a 21 years at laredo united and and you know this staff pretty well let me start on the defensive side of the ball because you know sometimes you look at these teams in the valley who have gone 10 and 2 or 11 and 0 12 and 0 they have these unbelievable offenses but it takes a good defense to kind of sustain that and Derek gonzalez good linebacker javen uh, Villasenor, those guys in the middle of that defense you're talking about two guys that have over 200 tackles between the two of them they know how to get to the football and make plays and their defensive coordinator jesus Villasenor. he's a tremendous ball coach I, I know him personally i know that he, he coaches with some fire some intensity and uh, you know it starts right there with the sun number 10 back there is a high safety you know he's 
kind of like having a coach's kid at quarterback. You know, you have a coach's kid as a defensive quarterback, and that's what Javen is for his dad. That's what Javen is for his teammates. Um, he's in the right place, and he's always making plays and making tackles. He's around the ball. So, obviously, we got to be aware of where he's at and, and know that he's going to be a challenge for us. we got to get a hat on in the run game and we uh, be strong through the catch in the pass game, run great routes, because he's going to be right there and challenge us. And you talked about Derek there, the middle linebacker. No doubt they're front four. They may not be be six seven like some of the defensive events we've had here at our place, but their fight, their get off is just as good, you know. And and these guys are sound. Uh, they're going to give us multiple defenses, multiple fronts, uh, and so we're going to be able to execute and we're going to be able to get hats on bodies and, and obviously try to make these guys uh, commit so much to the run that it opens up the back end and allows our quarterbacks and receivers to deliver the ball down the field. So now we move to put on your defensive coordinator hat, coach and Ansel Chavez Jr. Uh, as advertised through 12 games, 3,638 yards, 38 touchdowns, does have the 11 interceptions, but he also has the 11 rushing touchdowns. So he is a threat to run the ball as well. And and you look at the way that they combo with the run game. It's almost like the run is the complement to that big arm that he has. And your thoughts on just trying to, to look at his season overall and how to defend this high-powered passing offense. Yeah, I mean, it all starts with the quarterback. I mean, you're right on the money. These guys probably hadn't seen an offense, you know, this explosive in the passing game all season. And so that's the thing, obviously, I'm losing some sleep, a little sleep about this week is that uh, for our corners and for our safeties and people that linebackers got to be in coverage this week, we can't just be in an A-gap and stop in the run. They've got to play in space with skinny receivers and a ball's being thrown, you know, on time and inaccurate. It poses a lot of challenges. I mean, every time you look up, the ball's right in the money, dropping right in the basket 60 yards deep. He's not scared to throw three. 50-yard post, back to back to back. And so a lot of teams, you may take a shot here or there, one of every 10 plays or so, but these guys are taking them, you know, six every 10 plays or 50-yard bombs down the field. And uh, no matter what defense I call, it's still one-on-one. You know, unless I double-team that one specific person, it's going to be one-on-one down the field. So our secondary's got to make plays. Uh, We know that uh, number 14 is talented. Uh, they do a great job on their offense with their coordinator of getting rid of the f- football fast, uh, mixing in screen games, but yet still, you know, hold on football enough to get it down the field. And we got to try to make it one dimensional, obviously, by, by taking away the run like we always we, we try to do every single week. But we've got to be multiple in the back end this week. We can't line up in the same defense over and over. This senior quarterback, that's a Todd Dodge trained quarterback, I might say, you know, he's going to know where the reads are and where he's going with the football. He's going to throw the ball on time with his rhythm, with his feet. We got to give him a different presentation pre snap. And then as the ball snapped, we got to try to move into a different coverage or get some pressure up front with our D line and try to make him throw with some pressure on his toes. Final thought, Coach, as you deal with all of the the buildup to this third-round game, you also get to play it in the Alamo Dome, a place that Westlake has been very, very successful. And I know that that is an important moment. You do get to look ahead a little bit, but in the end, you, you want to create an experience, and that's what it's all about, creating an experience for these guys who have yet to play in a big venue, getting a chance to get on the road, get into a, a large arena indoors. I think this is a good experience for your football club. Some of the guys who are playing that have never played in a game like that before, and then there are other guys that are experiencing it for the first time just as a member of the varsity program. We're trying to get our kids you know, exposed to a big football game so they know what it looks like. And so when they get into the next one, it's they're not wide-eyed, and, you know, and, and looking around, look for everything else. It has nothing to do with the game. They're focused on what's happening on the field, what's happening in front of them. As a kick returner, as a punt returner, uh, you know, as a receiver, you want to get in those big domes a little early and kind of see the ball fly through the air. It's a little different with the, the kind of cavernous of it and the lights and stuff up in the rafters in the background. It's obviously the thing we like about the Alamo Dome is the people in San Antonio love their football. They love the sports, you know, in general. And, and there's going to be so many fans there just 
fans of Texas high school football. Yeah, we're going to take our Westlake fans. They're going to bring, bring the Laredo United fans, but there's going to be a lot of fans there that are just there, you know, of high school athletics. And those people, you know, combined with their own fan bases is going to make it for a great experience and a great atmosphere. And that's what we want. You know, hopefully we're going to be in another stadium just as big as that, or maybe a little bigger. Our kids are excited about the opportunity. It's a great dressing room set up where kids all get to spread out. We don't have to be stacked on top of each other. We don't have to keep people in buses. We can uh, truly kind of have our own space and, and feel like it's a big, big time game, which it is. And, and we're excited about playing there. We've had obviously a lot of success at Alamo Dome. We like the fact that it's 68, 69 degrees inside that thing and there's no wind. And, and the same thing for the fans. They get to sit there and eat the popcorn and, and enjoy hopefully two great high school football teams play a great classy football game. Coach, as always, thanks for the time and good luck. Yes, thank you, Joe. You've been listening to the Westlake Nation podcast. Stay tuned as we bring you new episodes each week. The Westlake Nation podcast is powered by the Westlake Shaft Club and part of the Westlake Nation Media Network. This is Westlake Nation.